What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, brought to you here on the Sawdust Podcast Network, presented by Fantasy Alarm. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me uh, is Adam Ronis. Happy NFL Week One. Holy cow, by the time you're listening to this, all the Sunday games are in the books. We are gradually uh, gearing up for uh, dual Monday night action. Uh, Adam, how's uh, how's week one treated you so far? Um, It's been pretty good. I still have some fantasy games that have to be decided, but it looks like it's going to be a positive one. But I'm a little disgusted right now after the Cowboys played pathetically on Sunday night football, so... A little disgusted by that. Try being a Jets fan, dude. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. See, try being a, De- a Jets fan. And hearing people uh, on Twitter try to defend that Adam Gase is, a, is is not a terrible coach. Well, there might be two of those people in the world, so they just happen to stand out when you're looking. But the difference is the expectations are low for the Jets. Like, you know they were going to be shit this year. So it's not like you came into the season with high expectations and went – Wow, I thought they were going to be good, and they got manhandled by the Bills. No, you know they suck. So it shouldn't be a surprise. You know, the Cowboys are supposed to be good. They're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. I know it's on the road, and maybe the Rams are better than I think. I think they're okay. Uh, But, you know, you have all this talent on offense, and you score 17 points, and you play conservative football all night long, and then you got to play catch-up. It's just... And I know they had a lot of injuries in this game. Blake Jarwin looks like he tore his ACL. Van Der Esch is going to be out for the season. He needs surgery on his collarbone. But still, I mean, they just played terrible football. And they just weren't aggressive enough. You have all these wide receivers and all these weapons, and you score 17 points. So, And then, you know, the late call in the game against Michael Gallup, which I thought was shit. Um, We see cornerbacks and receivers battle back and forth all the time. It's got to be like a blatant push-off. Gallup barely extended his arm. Ramsey just sold it. I mean, look, they also caught a break. They didn't. They missed Jared Goff hands to the face. They didn't call that. I understand these things happen back and forth, but like that's a a game deciding play. You know, it should have counted. It would have at least put them in field goal range for the tie. But the bottom line is, you know, this team has struggled in one score games. They're one and seven in their last eight. I mean, that's the problem. And we thought. Maybe a coaching change would fix things, but same shit again tonight. And, you know, this is a game that shouldn't be losing. So it's just I'm just discouraged and disgusted right now. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, listen, you know, you can we can talk about the OPI or the call that should have been a non-call and uh, how, how that always gets worked out. But, I mean, you're, you know, I mean, above all, I think you're right in understanding the fact that it shouldn't have to come down to that. Like the Cowboys with their offense and their firepower, um, it really shouldn't have come down to that. I wonder how long how long is it going to be before Mike McCarthy uh, takes play calling duties away from Kellen Moore uh, and brings him to himself, and uh, and then he starts the uh, his whole nonsense and all his shenanigans. Um, but listen, that's that's the Cowboys. It's one game, and uh, you know one of the things that I, you know I figured we would talk about. Uh, today here is uh, is the continued overreaction to everything that goes on uh, in week one. Like, I get it. Everybody's excited about having football back. We weren't sure if we would get here. Now we're here. And there are some seriously unrealistic expectations by a lot of people. I was literally just messaging back and forth with a guy who is um, you know, he's all bummed out, ready to drop uh, Cam Akers and ready to drop Jonathan Taylor. And I'm like, why, why, you know, what, what's wrong with you? Did you did you literally did you expect? I mean, first of all, you know, Frank Reich said what the situation was going to be with the Colts. Marlon Mack, who looks like he could be out for the season with a potential uh, Achilles injury. You know, was was the starting running back and Taylor was supposed to be the compliment and Naeem Hines slid in as a as a pass catcher and then Naeem Hines obviously is a is you know is a factor now and they're not just going to hand the job over to Taylor. I said, "Did you just think that that Taylor was going to come in, take the job away, you know, take the job as his own and uh and 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 to hell with Marlon Mack or anybody else who's on that team?" And the same thing with Cam Akers. We've been told that it's a committee. Understand that it's a committee and Daryl Henderson is there. 
Malcolm Brown is there and Cam Akers is there. And Cam Akers is going to need to earn himself his carries, his touches. But yeah, man, people are just, uh, people are crazed overreacting already. And it's uh, it's tough to rein them in, especially if they went 0-1 in their fantasy leagues. I mean, if you're 0-1, it means nothing. I mean, for real. I, I know every game counts, but crazy things happen in week one. You know, I started a league last year 0-4 and won the championship. So it's one week. It could easily turn around next week. I don't know why Jonathan Taylor even came up as a drop. I mean, his stock went up today. I mean, Marlon Mack appears to be done. I haven't seen any official report, but usually these things come to fruition. And Taylor still had 15 touches in this game, including six receptions for 67 yards. Yeah. And we know Phillip Rivers is going to throw to the running back. So to me— Taylor shouldn't even be considered a drop. His stock went up. Uh, Akers, there definitely has to be some concern uh, because uh, Malcolm Brown looked better. I mean, that's that's the thing is Brown looked better in this game, and he appears to be the goal line back as well. Now, I do have Akers in several leagues. Was forced to start him in a couple, uh, I think, because I had Miles Sanders in those leagues. But you got to be patient. You know, they drafted him for a reason, and, you know, he was ahead of Henderson at least. Uh, and it's not like Brown looked amazing. He averaged 4.4 yards per carry, uh, but he did look better than Akers in this game and appears to be the goal line back. He had the two rushing touchdowns. So right, he also did, had three like, receptions like, for 31 yards. Like what did ever, what did people think? Like, you know, when you drafted Cam Akers, were you like, ah, oh, there's no preseason, but that doesn't matter. Like that's what, th- that's the, the point that I'm, I'm here at, uh, is that, yeah, you know, of course Malcolm Brown looked better. Malcolm Brown has worked in this system under McVay, uh, backing up Gurley for the last, what, three seasons, two or three seasons that he's uh, been with them in this system. Of course he looks better than Cam Akers. Like, that that never even was a factor in my mind. I'm sitting there, like, I was surprised that J.K. Dobbins got the goal line work and, and poached a pair of touchdowns off of Mark Ingram. I was a little surprised by that. But I mean, I had no I had zero expectations that week one was gonna be anything than what it was for Cam Akers uh in, in on this team. Well, I mean, Brown had twenty one touchers, Akers had fifteen. If you knew that going to this week, you'd be like, Okay, Brown just did more with them and got the goal line carries. That was the difference. That was the difference. That definitely was the difference. So, I mean, I just I don't want people to sit there and freak out and overreact. I mean, it's just go, it's it's one week. It's one week. I mean, come on. You know, I, one of the things that uh, that's uh, in my hot takes piece over at fantasyalarm.com, the Browns. Like, you know, all right people, I get it. The Browns didn't look good today. Baltimore looked really good today. Baltimore's got a great defense. If you, you know, if you thought that the Browns weren't going to fall behind with their banged up atrocious secondary going up, you know, in their offense, going up against a, a premier defense like the, uh, like the Ravens. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not writing off Nick Chubb or Odell Beckham because of this week. I, you know, let let the rest of uh, let the rest of the season play out. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. Do you, I mean, are are you at that point with anybody right now? Where you saw what you saw in week one? You're like, I have seen enough right now, and I can make my decision. Uh, nothing comes to mind, but I still think that was just absolutely pathetic by the Browns. I understand the Ravens are a much better team, and this is a team that they beat in the first matchup last year. But 38 to 6, I mean, kind of embarrassing here. But Chubb obviously was scripted out of this game. Uh, he had 10 carries, 60 yards, six yards a pop, uh, and one catch for six yards. Uh, so they shouldn't be getting thumped like this every single game. They play the Bengals on Thursday night. So that should absolutely be a competitive game, maybe one they play from ahead. And Chubb will be fresh for that game, too. You know, it's a short week, but he only had 10 touches. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm really not worried about him. Uh, but that's the the downside of Chubb, though, is that if they do, are playing from behind, he's not going to be on the field much. So you just got to hope that it's not uh, that often. I mean, they're not going to have games like this every week where they're just not competitive. Uh, but that's the the one concern with a guy like Nick Chubb. Uh, 
It's a concern with any running back. If a team is, if if their team is, no, it's not like not, not every running back. No, there's a lot of guys who are on the field racking up catches in garbage time. You don't have to worry about that with a lot of the other guys. Well, I'm not talking about guys like Dalvin cook or Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey. But I mean, you know, look at, you know, look at, look at any other team there. James Conner will get phased out at times. I'm sure. No, nah, uh, I don't you know, think so. Kenyon Drake he, is already going to share time with Chase Edmonds. Um, if, if Josh, I don't know if he's sharing time. Drake had a lot more touches. They just mixed Edmonds in because Drake was, you know, dealing with an injury. But Drake was the one in there closing out the game. Drake had 16 carries. I mean, Edmonds had like six. Why? Because he scored an early touchdown? I mean, they'll mix him in, but it's, it's so, mostly so Drake's you're backfield. Te- so you're telling me basically that, you know, we know this. this is give, a give, me the running, give me the running backs. Give me the running backs who are, are going to get phased out. Wait a second. Wait a second. Running backs who are going to get phased out because of uh, because of of game script. You don't think Chubb's getting phased out if they're down fourteen, like today? If they're down fourteen, no. If they go down twenty points or more, yeah, probably. But I mean, he's you know he's. I, I just again I I see I see that situation different from you. What about what about uh, who else? Who else is is never going to get phased out if their team's playing from behind? Aside from the top tier. Well, Connor. I don't think Connor will. Okay. Can you can you give me more? I mean, what running? Like, what tier are you talking about? I'm talking about Zeke's any not tier. Zeke's I'll, not I'll, getting phased out. Who? Zeke, I said, Carson. I, I said, take away those top five guys. Take away those top five. Well, how many three down backs are there in NFL? Not many. I mean, there Detroit committee, many. Chicago, Chicago, Montgomery's out, but he's a fifth, sixth round pick. No one cares. Aaron Jones, uh, no, nah, he should probably stay in unless they. I mean, he's the better pass catching back over Jamal Williams. The Dolphins have. Uh, looks like more backs than we thought. Now that's a disaster. Um, New England, Sony Michelle gets phased no, out, no, but again, no. he was wait, what wait, a tenth round pick. Wait, what because Gaskin? Because Howard got hurt today. He came back in the game. He did. He did. Howard's he, a guy. That- he got hurt. He came back. The game. They, they weren't winning the game, and and so you let Miles Gaskin get a, a bunch of. Where work. was Matt? Where? Why wasn't Matt Breida in? I, I mean, know. Gaskin had more touches than Breida. And Patrick Laird even got a couple catches. Well, I mean, you know, listen, I'm not a big Matt Breida fan either. So, you know, I, I'm, you know. I mean, you can't come out of that game feeling encouraged about Jordan Howard. But the dude got hurt. If he didn't get hurt. He, and, came, and it, he had eight carries. He didn't miss he, a lot of time. If he didn't get hurt. Okay. If, the, if they if were playing he, from behind. So he wouldn't have played anyway. Situation would have been a lot different, I think, if he didn't get hurt. That's that's you know that, that's it. I can't you know I I can't say what the situation would have been had he not gotten hurt because that didn't happen. So you know, do I think that Miles Gaskin or Patrick Laird are guys who are going to threaten for touches if Jordan Howard is is healthy? I don't even know what the deal was with Matt Breida, but if Jordan Howard's completely healthy, do I worry about Gaskin or Laird? No, I don't. I know he's not going to play much if they're playing from behind, which is probably going to be a constant theme for Miami this year. Wow, I mean that that was a pretty close game. That was, I mean, just because they go down by a score doesn't mean they were uh, down fourteen three after three quarters. Is that a script to keep Howard in when you're in pass mode? Fourteen three in the third quarter—that's a different story. There, I'm talking about in the beginning of the game. Talking about early on, you know, he would have had he would have had a ton more touches in that first half uh, because the, the Dolphins were very much in it if he was healthy. That's it. That's 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 that, I guess that's just my opinion. You don't share the opinion. Well, because he didn't miss much time. That's why. What do you mean he didn't miss much time? He barely touched the ball uh, after his touchdown. He, he barely scored the touchdown the after the injury. He got injured, he came back in, he scored a touchdown, and then he stopped touching the ball. Because he obviously he clearly wasn't ready to come back in and, and play the rest so of the game. So why wasn't he getting why wasn't he getting carries early in the game? 
when it was no score after first quarter. I don't know how many carries he had at that point. I wasn't tracking it. Um, I don't know. I got to look at that then. I got to take a look at that. Um, I didn't, you know, I was watching nine different games at the same time. He got two carries on the first drive. Right. And he got three carries on the second drive. So that's five of his carries. Okay. And they went away and they went away from him. Then Did... they went three straight pass plays on their next possession. Right. And then, then all of a sudden Gaskin came in. Gaskin right. had... and, and Howard was hurt. So, and I don't think he missed much time, though. When did he come back in again? When did he touch the ball again? Uh, looks like he didn't touch it again in the first half. And then in the second half, they had an 11-play drive. And he wasn't. he didn't touch the ball. Oh, no, he did. Uh, second and goal, he came in, and that's when he got the touchdown. That was early in the fourth quarter. So they brought. And I him think in. he only. I think they only brought him in because it was goal line. Right, they brought him in for the goal line. They were like, "We need somebody to power this one through." But he he clearly is not healthy enough to stay in the game the entire time, and the injury happened early in the first quarter. So you know, I mean, how do you? I mean, how do you? How do you judge a guy based on that? I mean, obviously, I obviously, Chan Gailey's a fan of his. If he turned to him and was like, "Are you healthy enough to get across the goal line here? We need this touchdown." Well, I don't know. I don't. I didn't, I didn't think this was encouraging. But I. I <laughs> because he's injured. An injury is never encouraged. He came in the game, though. You can't use the injury excuse if he came in the game. He came if he sat back the into whole the game. game for one freaking play. He so came then it's back... not injury. It's because game script then. Okay, listen. No. He came out of the game in the first in, in the first quarter, and they said that he's hurt and that he's questionable to return. We've heard that already. We went through it. So he sat out the whole rest of the first half. They needed a goal line carry. They said, can you get it across the goal line? He did. Boom. Touchdown. Done. They're still out of this game, and they still need to play catch-up. So why risk Why risk him being hurt even more? Like, I mean, that's just, to me, you know, that, that's, not even, that's not even game script. That's just, you know, hey, you lost time because he's injured. You can't say that Marlon Mack's a piece of crap because he, uh, because he hurt his Achilles and had to come out. Well, he's out for the year. It's a different story. I'm just saying, a guy when a guy goes out in the middle of the game and he's questionable to return, you kind of write him for the most part, you write him off and say, well, he's if he's questionable to return, I doubt he's coming back because he's injured. So, he didn't come not come back because of game script or anything like that. They brought him in in a in a in a goal line situation because none of their other running backs can handle the goal line work. They asked him to do it. He did it. Boom. And then he got back out of the game. He uh, he obviously was not healthy enough to continue after that. Like, that's, I I, I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I don't understand how you don't see that. All right. I mean, he came in the game. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, all right, whatever. We can move on. I, I don't see how you come away, though, encouraged with this game. I'm not Jordan encouraged Howard. by this game. I'm saying I'm, that was I'm all I said. I'm not going to sit here and, and panic and say that oh, Jordan Howard's going to be phased out no matter what when he got hurt. Like you can't, you can't say that. Like that to me is is a ridiculous statement. Saying that a guy did I know, say did I ever say he was getting phased out? You said game script and no, uh, no. The, the game script phased him out of this game. I never said phased out. All right, you know what? We'll we'll I'll I'll tell you what. We'll rewind. We'll listen to it again. Go ahead. And we'll see. Exactly I guarantee what you, you, I said. never said phased out. You're guaranteeing it to me? Yes. I never used the word phased out. Game script? Yes. There and if the Dolphins are going to be bad and this and they are going to be trailing, that's not good for Jordan Howard. He's not going to be on the field if they're in pass mode. No, but again. It would have been a lot different for Jordan Howard and his touches and his carries in the first half had he not gotten hurt. The game was close. 14-3 in the third quarter. That's still a relatively close game. It's it's a two that's a two possession game right there. 
I mean, that's that that's a two score game. That's not a that that's not like phase the dude out or or turn around and and uh, and and sit him because you're in catch up mode. He would have had he would have had plenty more touches than that in the first half if he was healthy. Plenty All right, he, more. Pro- he probably wouldn't have done nothing with them because they weren't running on my, on New England. Uh, <laughs> well, Adam, that's not something that you know for a fact because hey, it didn't really? happen, they, so you couldn't. They see. averaged three point two yards per carry as a team. I'm pretty sure they weren't running on New England today. Listen, you know what? A healthy Jordan Howard, I don't compare to a Miles Gaskin, a Patrick Laird, or any of the other chuckleheads they've got in that backfield. I'm sorry, I can't do that. That's not. That's that's not even correct. Like I can't even. I won't. Yeah, let's definitely move on here because you and I definitely do not see eye to eye on uh, on on how to evaluate when when a guy gets hurt and isn't really supposed to come back into the game. <laughs> what about Le'Veon Bell? That dude, he got hurt. He was questionable to return. Gase brought him back in. Was that was that the right move? Even Gase, as stupid as he is, said that wasn't the right move, and he uh, and he regretted doing it. He already had a hamstring injury in the preseason. I mean, look, we know this offense sucks. Bell wasn't a good start today. You knew that they weren't going to run on Buffalo. They're a disaster. So Le'Veon Bell was someone I avoided in drafts completely. Didn't want any part of it. The argument is, oh, he's getting the touches like he did last year. They were crap touches. You know what I'm saying? I know fantasy is a game of, we want the touches, but we saw it last year. Like, crap touches. It's not a good offense. They were against a good defense, so you shouldn't have been playing Le'Veon Bell today. What about Joe Mixon? Are you worried about Joe Mixon that, you know, when they fall behind, the Bengals fall behind, that Gio Bernard's going to come in and get the work? Uh, it was concerning that I don't know why they just paid this guy. Uh, I know he had a fumble in the game, but I don't know why. Because Mixon can catch the football, so... I mean, I don't know if it was just week one and, you know, they wanted a mixed Geo in. I mean, Geo didn't do anything on the ground. He only got one carry, but he was in there late on that game tying drive. So it was concerning. We didn't really see that, though, last year, especially in the second half. So I don't know if that's a week one thing because, again, they paid Mixon. So there's no need to to worry about preserving him. Okay, what about, let me go to another game. Let me find one. Um, let's talk about, why don't I see, oh, here we go. Uh, on the other side of that Cincinnati game here, what about uh, uh, Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly? Joshua Kelly looked fantastic, got himself 12 carries, 60 yards. Uh, Austin Eckler, he had 19 carries, 84 yards, lower you know, yards per carry there. Uh, and Eckler, what? He, he saw one target this entire game. You know? Well, that was my concern about Eckler coming into the year was the change in quarterback. And we know Phillip Rivers checked down to the running backs a lot. And I know Taylor did a little bit with McCoy, but you knew that. And it's one game, so I'm not going to say this is how it's going to be. But this was a close game. Uh, now, the one thing where you shouldn't be discouraged with Eckler, he's still got 20 touches. You're going to take 20 touches from your running back every week. The problem is, though, Eckler's value last year was heavily tied to receptions. I mean, he had, what, over 90 receptions? So that was my concern this year is that that wasn't going to repeat. Uh, and, yeah, that's a lofty number. But I, I was afraid that he wasn't going to get the volume in the passing game. And, again, it is one game, but one target? Uh, Kelly was a guy that I like and I drafted a lot. I didn't start him this week, obviously, but he looked good and they gave him some goal line carries. So, uh, I, I think there's, it's one game, but you, you need to see Eckler more involved in the passing game in the weeks ahead. He got 20 touches, so you can't really be upset about that. But the people who drafted Eckler were expecting three, four, five receptions every game. Well, I mean, that's what Clyde Edwards Hilaire owners were expecting too. And he didn't catch any passes. Yeah, but he's in a prolific offense where he got 25 carries and is going to finish off drives. The Chargers' offense is not prolific. What about DeAndre Swift? Are you uh, are you out on DeAndre Swift? Adrian Peterson had 14 carries. Carryon Johnson had seven. Uh, Swift had three. He got into the end zone, but he also dropped the game-winning touchdown uh, at the end. How concerned are you? Uh, not that concerned because I think we knew that he wasn't going to have a big workload this week. I think I started him in one league just because I had injuries and I was desperate, but I really didn't want to. And, you know, I was obviously happy he got the touchdown. But 
Yeah, Peterson looked good. Carry uh, on Johnson is uh, when Peterson signed, that was the guy it hurt the most. It was clear. Uh, and he had seven carries, 14 yards, and he's not going to be involved in the passing game. So I think he's the guy that it hurts the most. I think Swift will get better as the season goes along uh, with a lot of these rookies. We know that uh, they didn't have any preseason and it might take them a few weeks. But I think you'll see Swift incorporated into the offense more. And yeah, it was a terrible drop, but they did go to him. That was the game time drive and he was in there. So I think that was an encouraging sign. You just hold. And I don't think they'll bury him for it. You know, I think he'll. Uh, he obviously feels bad about it, but he'll be more involved in the offense going forward. All right. Last team I want to look at as far as their backfield situation goes. Uh, none other than the uh, than the Washington football team who turned around today and uh, and surprise, surprise, uh, took down the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 27 to 17 was the final there. Antonio Gibson had nine carries to Peyton Barber's seven. Um Gibson had two targets thrown his way. McKissick had five targets. Yeah, and only caught one. Only caught one of them. Yeah, this has got to be more Gibson going forward. I mean, yeah, Peyton Barber had two touchdowns. He has 17 carries for 29 yards. I mean, come on, man. We saw this same shit last year in Tampa Bay. I don't understand why coaches keep giving this guy to football. Like, he doesn't pick up yards. Gibson averaged four yards per carry. So I think we knew he wouldn't get a huge workload. I mean, he had 11 touches, probably what we expected. Uh, but he's the more explosive athlete, better. He's better than Peyton Barber. So I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, they won this game, sure. But 17 carries for 29 yards? I mean, that's not encouraging at all for Peyton Barber. No, it definitely is not. No doubt about it. All right, I lied. One more backfield. Uh, are you convinced that James Robinson is worthy of a roster spot? Jacksonville upsets the Colts 27 to 20. 16 carries for 62 yards, just 3.9 yards per carry. He did have one catch for 28 yards. Chris Thompson only saw two targets in this one. It was a competitive game uh, the entire way. Yeah, I mean, Robinson was picked up in a lot of leagues over the last week or so, moved up draft boards, but he might still be out there in some shallow formats. Yeah, he's definitely worthy of a roster spot. We know that uh, Azigbo is dealing with a hammy. Armstead's still out with COVID, so it's his backfield right now. And we didn't even see Chris Thompson get a carry in this game. So uh, they'll probably be trailing more often. I mean, they were down in this game, but not big. It was like 17-14 at the half. Uh, then they tied it up, so it was a competitive game. So we might see more Thompson if they're trailing. But, yeah, Robinson should definitely be rostered in leagues. All right. So those are some of the running back situations that we're taking a look at right now. Obviously, uh, important news. I mean, guys like Malcolm Brown, guys like Naeem Hines, uh, all probably sitting out there on the waiver wire right now. Even in uh, in deeper leagues, Joshua Kelly uh, is probably uh, available to a number of people there um oh yeah yeah you know what the one more running back that i want to talk about uh and this is you know obviously this we both lost miles sanders we each have him in our uh, respective scott fishbowl leagues uh the boston scott chalk like that i mean i even said this i put this out over at fantasy alarm first thing this morning i was like the fact that everybody and their grandmother is suddenly thinking that boston scott is going to be this, you know, huge breakout back. I mean, even on DFS sites, he was 4700 on one, he was 4600 on another. Like, not even remotely min price, and yet everybody was sitting there going after this guy. I mean, it was, it was insane. His ownership percentages were utterly ridiculous, and I said to everybody in the, uh, in the you know, in the, in the lineup, so I was like, I'm 100% out on Boston Scott. I am not going to sit here and say that this guy is going to be the be-all, end-all. I'm not going to throw him into all my DFS lineups, not even my cash ones, because I didn't think he was talented enough to really have some big explosive uh, type of a game, uh, especially against this uh, this Washington defensive line. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, like uh, Boston Scott, our, our, uh, our ownership projections over at Fantasy Alarm, uh, by the end of it, by the time game time started, Boston Scott, 37.7% ownership on fan on FanDuel, 309 ownership 
uh, on DraftKings. That's more than Christian McCaffrey. That's more than Josh Jacobs. It's more than Eckler uh, and more than Kamara. And those were the top five backs owned uh, in DFS. Like Boston Scott? I mean, are we serious? Yeah, I think people just saw they were expecting big volume with Sanders out. Uh, And the Eagles offense was very good in the first quarter. And then their offensive line injuries, it it was a big problem. Uh, Wentz was sacked eight times, uh, constant pressure. Scott did leave this game briefly with an injury, but came back. He's just not great between the tackles either. I mean, he's got to get it done in the passing game. And he only had two targets. uh, The Eagles offense just was a major problem. I mean, they didn't score in the second half. And we know Washington has a good defense. I mean, I think most people knew. I mean, they were 2,000 on DraftKings. I used them. Uh, actually, uh, pick and pull, I took Washington to win this game straight up. Full disclosure, I took Indianapolis to it, and they lost. Yeah, so, right? <laughs> not that I get Everybody did. Uh, boy, I, lost a, I lost a bet to Sandro and Nello on the, uh, the Jags-Colts Jack, game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, that, that knocked a lot of people out of survivor pools. Probably, probably Philadelphia, too. Um, I wouldn't have. They wouldn't have been one of my top choices, but I can see people taking Philly. I just thought Washington was going to play well in this game, um, and I thought they had a good shot to win. Uh, but, yeah, the fo- offensive line is a problem for Philly right now. Uh, they have so many injuries on that line. Uh, but you hope that Sanders can play next week. You hope that they were just being cautious here. And, you know, you do have to be with hamstrings. You know how it is, like, you push someone, and we've seen in baseball all the time. You come back too soon, you aggravate it again, and now you're out another six weeks. So I think Philly was just trying to be cautious here because the indications were that he was fine, and there was a good chance he would play this week, and that obviously didn't happen. It did not happen. It did not happen. Did you lose any of the? Uh, did you lose any of these uh, survivor pools? I just I never do them for money. I don't know why. I guess because I just feel like I've had bad experiences. But in the ones that I did for for free, I had the Colts, so I'm done. So I'm glad I didn't put any money down on it. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, man. You did? did you I, well, so so in one survivor pool that I do, uh, it's just 90 people in there. Um, 38 people are already out. Indianapolis, Colts, 20, right? 29 people yeah. took Indy. Eight people took the Niners and one team to one person took Philly. So, who did you take? Uh, I took Baltimore in this one. Then in the other one where there are eight hundred and eighty-nine entries, uh, this is the big one. I have three entries in there where you can buy back up until week eight uh, if you want. It's fifty bucks an entry. If you want to buy back, it's a hundred. Um, so uh, 193 people took the Colts. They were the most owned team uh, here. So how about this one? 333 people out of 889 uh, lost. So Nuts, man. In week one, when you got your choice of anyone. But I can't I, – look, I thought the Colts would win this game. I know it's on the road, but there's no fans or there was limited fans in Jacksonville. Still, I mean, that's a game I just did not see the Colts losing. Just did it. I mean, they're supposed to be a really good team, good offensive line, and Jacksonville's supposed to be tanking. I just didn't see that happening. I don't think I definitely didn't see it happening either. <laughs> I think the other two teams I took in this one, I think it was uh, who did I take? I took uh, oh Buffalo, and I took the Ravens with another one of my picks. Now the other the other pool. Um, you can I can take the Ravens again. Like I don't take them and go. Uh, it actually goes by spreads. Like you, uh, after I think uh, what is it like week five or week six, you can't take any spreads that are more than like eight points. And then when it gets down to like uh, week ten or week eleven, uh, you can't um, you can't take anybody who's got like a spread of like bigger than like six and a half points or seven and a half points. And that's how that one works there. This other one, it's, you know, once you take a team, you can't use them again, win or lose. So very interesting stuff there. Very, very interesting stuff. So so talk to me here for your week one. I mean, uh, any, any other takeaways? I mean, we've seen now with uh, some of the injuries that we've seen. We've seen some of the backfield 
issues there. I mean, any other takeaways where you look at and you're like, wow, um, Minnesota's defense really sucks. Aaron Rodgers is actually an elite quarterback still. Uh, anything from that that department? I mean, I knew the Vikings defense was going to stink. They lost so many players. I mean, it wasn't shocking. Uh, I was encouraged with Cam Newton because I've always said, you know, he needs to run to have fantasy value. He's never been the most accurate quarterback, never puts up big numbers in a passing game. The fact that he ran 15 times for 75 yards with two rushing touchdowns, really good sign. I know it's Miami's defense, but it's not that. It's, you know, he's healthy enough to run. So I thought that was really encouraging. And, man, Cam Newton really even in the even in the late drafts he fell. I did a NFFC Friday night and I was like, all right, I'm getting Cam Newton here on this pick. And he went one pick before me as my backup quarterback, too. One of getting Gardner Minshew instead, which wasn't bad for today, even though I did start him. But I actually did start Cam Newton in the GST league over Matthew Stafford. Ooh, that's a nice one. I mean, did you do that because Galladay was out? Partly because he was out, but I just felt like Cam against Miami. He wanted to come out and ball out. We heard positive reports. So, um, I mean, I guess it was risky because if he doesn't score these rushing touchdowns, I'd probably look foolish, but definitely encouraged what I saw. I mean, he looked looked good running the football, and and that's the key. Definitely did look good running that football, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, listen, I was uh, I was very happy for him. Uh, I was happy for the uh, I was happy for the Patriots. Like you know, it's weird. What? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, because you know, you sit there, you you lose. Uh, what you call it? You 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 lose Tom Brady. Uh, everybody sits there and pisses and moans about the the entire situation. I was just you know what? Because I'm actually I've always been a Cam Newton fan. And so to see him have that success, I mean, again, when you're a Jets fan, dude, and and your team is just absolutely horrible on a regular basis, um, you know, you, you, you learn to accept certain things. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, mm, uh, Patriots won. Blah, blah. I was, you know, I was happy for Cam Newton. I also had Cam Newton in a bunch of DFS lineups. Uh, so I felt good about that, too. Yeah, and another rushing quarterback who had a nice day on the ground, Kyler Murray. I mean, 91 rushing yards, including that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that's what you want to see out of him. You know, I think that's something we probably didn't see enough of at times last year. I mean, he didn't really do much passing wise, but we know the 49ers pretty good defense, but led them to a win as well. Um, and George Kittle got hurt late in the first half. Uh-huh. He didn't catch a pass in the second half, so you just got to hope that he's healthy. Uh, I didn't see what his snap percentage was in the second half, but he was out there, but didn't catch a pass in a game where they were playing from behind. That's the other thing. I mean, these wide receivers for San Francisco, I mean, Garoppolo did not play well. He missed a lot. They just didn't look like they were in sync, but they throw to their running backs and tight ends. If they don't if they don't have oh, uh, Debo Samuel out there, I mean, they really don't go to their receivers. I mean, Kendrick Bourne at two for 34 and five targets. Trent Taylor, two for seven on five targets. Dante Pettis, one target, no catches. I mean, it's uh, – and Jarek McKinnon. I uh, thought that was encouraging. I actually picked him up Sunday morning in a league, put put Miles Sanders on IR, and picked up McKinnon just in case, you know, there were reports where he looked good in camp. He's healthy. Um, obviously, Mostert's going to get most of the touches in the backfield, but we did see McKinnon get a receiving touchdown. So, uh, And Tevin Coleman probably limited a little bit. He's got the sickle cell, and they weren't sure if he was going to play due to the poor air quality out in California. He did wind up playing, only had five touches, but you know, McKinnon did look good. Yeah, you know, another guy that you kind of, I, I was kind of rooting for also. I mean, I don't, you know, I think I, I have him in like, you know, on my bench in like some super, super deep leagues. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, watching him make that comeback, I was uh, I was pretty psyched. It's like, you know, listen, I'm not a huge Steelers fan, but I'm actually excited to see Big Ben tomorrow uh, coming back off of, off of his injuries. I was happy to see Matt Stafford, um, who, you know what? I mean, it was a tough game for the Lions. Um, oh, my goodness. Tough game? That was a bad beat, man. If you had the Lions, that was shit. That was shit. That's I mean, what you call bad beat. Well, I mean, it, were, you know, I mean, are you are you going to credit Trubisky or are you going to turn around and you're going to be like, dude, this this Detroit defense, not very good. Well, they lost. I think they lost their starting corners in this game. Okuda didn't play. Right. 
So that played a part. But still, man, you're up 23 to 6 going into the fourth quarter, man. And then, all right, fine. You want to get, all right, Trubisky came back. I know he plays well against the Lions. Great. And then Stafford leads you down the field. You have the touchdown to win and cover, and it's dropped. I mean, that is just the epitome of Detroit Lions football. Although, Chargers, Bengals, those two teams have had some of the worst losses over the years. <laughs> and then you got the kicker. Um, I don't know if he was doing that on purpose, if he was really hurt, or he just saw the kick was missed and said, oh, my calf. But, I mean, jeez. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was a tough game to watch, too. It was ugly. But you talk about two franchises of futility. I mean, the Chargers have been in that situation before and lost those games all the time. But this was the Bengals here. I mean, the Bengals had the lead in this game. They're up 13-6, gave up 10 points in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, even before the missed field goal, Burrow takes him down the field, looks sharp. You're like, oh, this guy's not a rookie. Look good. A.J. Green gets called for offensive pass interference on what would have been a touchdown when he did a nice job getting his feet in bounds. It's just like, man, sometimes it's it's those it's that thing where some teams just always find a way to lose. It's amazing how that happens throughout the course of history, that just certain teams always find a way to lose no matter what. Well, I'm sure you've got a couple of teams that you just you don't bet on anymore because it just it never pans out like. You know, when when I, you know, dealing with picks with, uh, with you know, Mish in the uh, Westgate Super Contest because we, you know, we go in on that together. Um, and, we, you know, that's our money uh, that we put up. But, I mean, there are just certain teams where we're just like, we are not taking them one bit. And uh, going against the Raiders um, is always something that, you know, kind of screws me. Uh, so I never do that. And, uh, yeah. Lo and behold, the Dallas Cowboys. When I bet on the Dallas Cowboys, guess what? It it doesn't work out. Atlanta. You stick. Atlanta you stick by that. That's a lot. Of, it's a lot of teams, man. No, it's three, already it's three teams right there. There's just certain so you things. Order, so you automatically just stay away from them. Well, I mean, pretty much. I usually do. I mean, I, to me, it's not. Uh, you know, I, I call it a superstition or whatever. I mean, unless the line. And the matchup like completely says, you know, Bender, you better put some money on this or or, or get out. Um, you know, my, it's it's what I, it's what happens. I mean, I just you know everybody gambles in their own way, and everybody's got their own superstitions. Um, I'm not above having uh, superstitions of my own. Oh no, I I've heard people do that before. So it's uh, whatever works. For you, everyone has to figure out their own thing. Just like I've always said, when it comes to drafting, just figure out what works best for you. You know, I'm a pen and paper guy. I like having my rankings crossed them off. Some people use software. Some people use computer. It's the same thing. Whatever you do, you just got to figure out what works best for you and do that. Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right. Any other uh, any other good takeaways here? Um, how many how many how many fantasy leagues are you in? 13. You're in 13. For redraft. Yeah. Would you say that you are ahead in most of them right now? Um, I think so. Let's see. Oh, I crushed Matt Deutsch in the fishbowl. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my home leagues, we do double headers. Both are still going to be determined by tomorrow. Uh, GST, I'm going to win. Host league, it looks like I'm going to lose. Uh, uh, FSGA, I think I was winning. Uh, Flex League, probably going to lose. The NFFC and the RT are all play for this week. So top six get a win, bottom six get a loss. So I have guys going tomorrow night where I need points to move up in those. So yeah, I think overall it's going to wind up being a good week. But I still have uh, I have things on the line tomorrow. I think I got like Deontay Johnson, James Conner in the league. Um, the Giants, I do have Daniel Jones that I was starting in Superflex Leagues, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Denver defense. So yeah, got quite a bit going tomorrow. How about you? How's your week looking? Um, I'm, you know, feeling pretty good about it. You know, I'm, listen, I'm in 29 leagues, and, and I think that uh, maybe, you know, half of them are – uh, you know, still up for grabs more than half actually are still up for grabs. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, there's you know, it's I, you know, you always forget that there are, there are four teams still to go. Um, and I've got shares of Barkley. I've got a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers uh, shares as well. Um, I've got some Derrick Henry. Um, trying to think, I have some Jerry Judy. I have some Melvin Gordon. So I mean, it's all. I mean, I've got a lot that's still uh, yet to be determined. But you know, listen, feeling feeling good about it, feeling fairly confident about uh, everything that we've got going on right now. So. You know, talk to me. Uh, talk to me tomorrow night. Or talk to me on uh, on Tuesday morning, and we'll see how I'm doing then. Um, I think I'm actually. How about this one here, though? I think I'm actually going to lose to Trey Anastasio from Fish. I think I'm going to I'm going to drop my first game in the Fish League, uh, losing to Trey. They're going to be like, this guy's an expert. It's the worst. <laughs> it's, it's like you, nah, those you you can't win because you're expected to win. Like when you're that's the one thing. But I guess it comes with what we do. But you, there's if you win, oh, you're supposed to win. This is what you do. If you lose, oh, I can't believe this is what you do for a living. And I beat you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that, it's like no win territory. <laughs> I'm waiting for the entire league. It's a very like the the league. I mean, it kind of blows me away. It's a really strong shit talking league. Everybody talks shit. Um, and so I, you know, I, I figure I'm gonna be uh, completely roasted. Uh, by the end of it, because I think I still have like Saquon Barkley to go, and I think he's got Derrick Henry still to go, uh, and uh, and uh, and he's got I think a, a wide receiver as well. So, oh well, what are you gonna do, man? Can't win them all. Um, all right, let's uh, before we uh, spin it over to uh, NBA and you catch me up on what's going on over there. Let me give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Big shout out to them. Uh, you guys like playing some prop games. Monkey Knife Fight, definitely the way to go. That is uh, the new DFS site you want to be hitting, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps, and you don't have to play against sharks which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we... Uh, Pay the bills. All right, Adam. So, uh, so catch me up on the NBA. I know that uh, I know that the Lakers won, so they're going to the conference finals. Is it them and the Clippers? Has that already been determined? No, the Clippers with another pathetic effort today. Uh, they lost. They in Game Five, they were up by sixteen. This was on Friday night, and they blew it and lost to Denver. And then today, they were up 63-47 at halftime, and they got outscored 64-35 in the second half and lost 111-98 to Denver. So Denver, for the second straight series, down 3-1, to one, forces a Game 7. So the Clippers are going to Game 7 on Tuesday night. And, boy, I just don't know what is going on with this team. Uh, they're not getting good play from Montrez Harrell. I just see him miss so many baskets underneath Lou Williams maybe needs to go out and get those wings again because he's not playing well. <laughs> I mean, it's really Leonard and George and they're really not getting much else. So I think this team just got a little too overconfident, I guess. I mean, you got to give Denver credit because they've done this now two straight series. I mean, Jokic had a ridiculous game today, 34 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Jamal Murray shot nine at 13 from the field, had 21. Gary Harris, 
played 42 minutes, gave them 16 points. Millsap had a really good game five. Uh, Porter, who was talking trash, after, not talking trash, but after game four, he's like, well, you know, maybe we need to get the hands ball in the hands of other guys than Jokic and Murray. And, you know, you don't expect a rookie to say that. And then he went out in game five and hit a huge three. So, man, you know, I've been on the Clippers, but I've just – I haven't liked what I've seen. You know, I was on Denver eight and a half today. Game five, I was on the Clippers. I thought they would close it out. Uh, but I thought Denver would at least keep it close today. I did not expect them to win. Um, and now the Clippers, I'm seeing the line for Tuesday is seven and a half. And uh, they're the better team. But, man, they are – they're really not playing like it. Like, it's funny because I thought the Clippers – in the first round, I'm like, okay, yeah, they have to look, and the Lakers kind of don't. But the Lakers just turned it on after game one. And it's the Rockets, and they're undersized, but they just suffocated Houston. Uh, Rajon Rondo picked up his play. So, I don't know, man. Clippers, and I, I can't believe that they're playing a game seven after being up 3-1. I, I'm so very surprised here. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm kind of surprised too. And I got, I got to be honest with you, man, going back and forth against Denver and playing this, uh, playing this series and going to seven. Yeesh. I mean, that's, uh, man, that's just kind of gift wrapping things for the Lakers. If, uh, if the Lakers stay healthy, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, I don't know if it's a huge advantage. I mean, the Lakers, they basically play one extra I know it's two extra games, but just the extra day. Uh, but it's not something they need. And even Jokic came out and said, there's no pressure on us. All the pressure's on them. And he's right. I mean, the Clippers going into today were the favorite to win the NBA championship. Uh, I haven't checked after the loss to see where they're at. But, yeah, this was definitely disappointing. And you're up 16 at the half, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. Where is the killer instinct? You got to put it. You you went through this in Game Five. You had a 16 point lead in Game Five, and you let that slip away. And you do the exact same thing in Game Six. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna have to stick with the Clippers. I don't know about the line yet. I got a day to think about it. Marinate. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I think I think I think in Game Six was the first time I think in like eight games the Clippers were in a spot where after they lost. Because usually after they lose, they come back and they win easily. And they didn't do it. So that trend is out the window. Uh, I got to think they show up. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard in a game seven. But he's going to need some help. I mean, Leonard's going to do his thing. And even Jordan has played better. But got to get some help, you know. And that's the one thing I was worried about with the Lakers. But Rondo was really stepped up and giving them something. Um, even Caruso had a couple good games and that was what I've always said with the Lakers. They're going to get big games from Davis and LeBron almost every time out. They're going to need a third and fourth guy to step up and it's probably going to be someone different every night. And they did, they got it against Houston and they, they, they were very impressive in that Houston series after that game one. Uh, cause I thought I took Houston in a couple of those games to keep it close and they did it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, game seven on uh Tuesday night and all the pressures on the Clippers. Let's see how they respond because games five and six were just really, really bad. I didn't, I didn't get to watch game six. Obviously, I was watching football. I was just kind of following the score, and I see them up sixteen. I'm like, damn. I guess I should have stuck with the Clippers because I was on Denver eight and a half. And then I was like, then I saw the score getting close. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, all right, Denver, just keep it close. I want the Clippers to win. And again, I got them to win the title. And I was like, man, I can't believe you guys lost. You blew this. You got just trounced in the second half. So, well, at least we got some drama on Tuesday. And I'm just glad it's not tomorrow with uh, the two football games. So it's great. No basketball on Monday. Just watch the two football games. Come back Tuesday and watch some basketball. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, your take on Miami-Boston? Uh, I think it should be a really good series. I haven't decided who I'm going to pick yet. Okay. Yeah, I haven't you, really decided. To think about that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a nice guy like that. You know, that's that's me. It's just the way I am. But it's amazing how the totals have really gone down. Like the total in Game Seven for the Clippers Nuggets is two hundred seven and a half. Yeah. And for the and for the Heat Celtics, it's two ten and a half. And in Game Seven of the Raptors Celtics, it was two hundred three. Like. It's insane. Like the totals from the regular season and now like have dropped at a ridiculous level. I wonder if the 
wonder if the bubble has anything to do with it. Right? I mean, I, I, that's that that would be something that you you would probably be the the better judge of that uh, than me. So, I mean, yeah, they they scored two oh nine the other night. I mean, the Clippers brutal. are a team. Yeah, Clippers are a team that usually puts up points, and they are just uh, you know this is you know ninety eight one oh five ninety six and a win. I mean, they wow they they had one twenty in game one. They haven't come close since. Oh, well, there you go. All right, well, then I guess uh, I'll have to wait 24 hours uh, for Adam's thoughts on Miami-Boston. Uh, we got some uh, We got some, some games tomorrow uh, for NFL. Do you like any of those bets? Uh, I told you I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I already have money on Denver uh, getting two and a half points. Um, I've told you why, and if you guys are just tuning into the podcast for the first time, uh, the Denver Broncos – uh, in their in their history, are fifty nine and ten in season opening home games. In the last twenty season opening home games, they're eighteen and two. It's about the altitude. Uh, teams just not prepped and ready to go. Um, and I'm you know I think it's a it's it's a, a solid bet. Then on the other side there, you got Pittsburgh. I think they're like a like a five and a half or six point. It's up to six, yeah. It's up to did, six. Was it just three points two weeks ago? Um, I don't think it was three points two weeks ago, but I have I couldn't tell you. I, I, don't now, know. I remember seeing it at three, and I'm like, wait a second, how's this pop? You know, the Dallas closed as an underdog. They were two and a half point favorites this morning. It closed at one and a half Rams favorite. Really? Oh, yes. A lot of money came in, huh? A lot came in on the Rams. Wow. Oh, no wonder why that Gallup call went that way. Okay, I get it now. Oh, <laughs> look at that. It's all there's the excuse, the built in excuse. No, but I, I, you rarely <laughs> see a line shift like that during the day. Yeah, that's that's a significant swap. That is definitely. Yeah. I think the only other line that moved that significantly this week was. Broncos, um, Titans, right? Yeah, Titans and Broncos. Yeah. And that what was that because of the Von Miller injury? I guess it was the Von Miller thing because the the line didn't move at all with uh, with the the Cortland Sutton injury. Yeah, I wouldn't think it, that one. I wouldn't even think the Von Miller would move it that much. But yeah, I didn't think the Von Miller one would move it that much either. But apparently, you know, that's where the the money was coming in. So, oh, just crazy, 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 definitely. Um, all right. Well, then there you go. So, uh, so, do you have any uh, any takes on on tomorrow for uh, for the games? No, I don't have a strong lean either way. Okay. All I would right. like to see Pittsburgh demolish the Giants, but you know. Well, and that that, ru- <laughs> that ruins my social agenda. You know. It does. Oh, dude, my wife becomes such a pill when she uh, when when the Giants lose. Like there is, I I am there is zero chance that I am a chalk play if the Giants lose. Uh, well, I will say this. The Steelers often tend to play down to the level of competition. That is one thing. If you follow the Steelers throughout the years, they absolutely do that. Yeah, it, even if the Giants play a good game and the Steelers play a shitty game, if the Giants lose, she's still yeah, she's not I, into I, it. I'd be, I mean, we saw a couple upsets. I don't see the Giants winning. <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> Probably not. But it's nice to have two football games on Monday night, man. It is. It is the fancy alarm show, though. I mean, it's gonna. We're we're on. I'm on air for the first one. The first one starts super yeah, 7 early. 15, Seven fifteen p.m. Eastern. Yeah. I mean, I know on the East Coast, some people have to go to bed. I don't, so I'll be up watching Titans Broncos to the conclusion. Oh. Oh yeah, all those babies are like, oh, it's so late. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna? Well, do? they get. It doesn't matter. I mean, well, not work everyone from on home. The East Coast. No, no, no. I'm saying. Oh, well, you're saying a lot of people now, right? Yeah. Through the pandemic. Yeah, what if they have to get up at seven or eight though? Oh please, who cares? Who ca- I was up at four a.m. this morning. It was Sunday. Well, not every not everyone's a, a workhorse like you, Howard. You have to understand that. Please. Well, I mean, look, the people on the East Coast they get to see their Steelers and Giants, and they probably don't care about the Titans Broncos anyway, and they'll wake up and see that they lost their fantasy game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think. <laughs> Look, as we wrap this up, it goes. Let's tie into what Howard started with. Don't panic if you're 0 1. It's not a big deal. I know that we look at fantasy football and every week is important. 
but it's one week. Things happen that we didn't expect. There might be a lot of underperformers that go right back to next week putting up big numbers. So don't panic. We're here to help you. It's one week. You get a win next week. You're one-on-one. All of a sudden, you feel good again. All right. Sound sound advice, sage words from uh, Adam sitting on the top of his, you know, on, on the mountaintop right there. Uh, hitting you guys with all the uh, the good info, but yeah, that's it. Don't panic. No, no sense in blowing up the team at you know atting me on Twitter with a million different trades that are just going to destroy the uh, the integrity of your squad. Don't do it. Don't be that person. Don't be the jumper. Uh, be the person who talks that jumper down. Right. That's that's my philosophy there. Uh, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, big thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, big thanks to Shannon Blunt for uh, doing the editing job, and thanks to everybody else uh, all over the place here. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the podcast. I'm Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. We'll catch you next time.